0: Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Father Andrew Mattingly. I am a Catholic priest in Kansas City, Missouri, and this is a podcast where I post homilies and random other stuff that I might teach or speak about. Hope you find something useful and maybe even inspiring. God bless you. A theme that we find uh, consistently throughout the Old Testament, which we see uh, referred to in our second reading, actually, from the letter to the Hebrews today, is that there has to be uh, alignment, if you will, or sort of a connection between exterior sacrifice and the interior sacrifice of the heart. So those of you who have read enough times through the Old Testament will know how many times the Lord tells the people of Israel, look, your, your goats and your bulls and all these exterior sacrifices aren't really pleasing to me because you don't have a converted heart. Right? There, there, there has to be a connection there. That, that these exterior sacrifices are meant to flow from the interior sacrifice of, of the heart. And if there's not alignment there, The external actions, the external sacrifices um, are are meaningless. So we can pause and ask the question, you know, what is is this interior sacrifice? What does it consist of? How do we attain it? Um, And ultimately, it it has to do with aligning our will with God's will. And this is what the author of the letter of the Hebrews was, was referring to. He said, he was quote, basically putting into Christ's mouth words of Psalm 40, you know, when, when I came into the world, uh, you know, sacrifices and burnt offerings you didn't want from me, I said, you've prepared a body for me, and here I am, I've come to do your will. In other words, the, the heart of, of Jesus' sacrifice for us consisted with, with the submission of his will to the will of his Father, all the way to the point of death. Right. It, 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 that's the, the heart of, of Jesus' sacrifice for us. And that's, that's the same thing that we, we have to live out in our own life. And this was a, this was a primary concern of our Lord throughout His public life. If, again, if you've read carefully through the Gospels, you know how many times the Lord refers to His intense desire to fulfill His Father's will. Um, one of them that caught my attention some years ago Uh, I actually ended up kind of spontaneously applying to the end of, like, my meal prayer. Whenever I pray my, you know, the normal meal prayer, um, if nobody else is with me, I'll sort of add this little prayer because the Lord references food. But at a certain point in John's Gospel, he says, My food is to do your will, O God. My food is to do your will, O God. In other words, he's saying, like, "This this is the sort of foundational sustenance of what I'm all about, is, is to do the will uh, of my Father, right? You think of the, the image of him in the Garden of Gethsemane, this sort of most kind of prominent example where he says, Father, like, let this chalice pass from me, but not my will, but yours be done, right? This, this total submission of his will um, to the will of his, of his Father. And then we heard that again in the second reading applied to Christ. As it is written to me in the scroll, behold, I come to do your will. Behold, I I come to do your will. Um, And so as we reflect a little bit on on what it looks like to align our will with God's will, which is, again, just the, the fundamental nature of what holiness is, what the Christian life is all about, um, there are a number of different aspects of this that we could talk about, right? We could talk about practical ways of how to discern God's will. A lot of people have questions about that. It's, it, it can be a fairly difficult thing to navigate, right? A lot of people have, but how, how do I know God's will in this or that circumstance? Um, nonetheless, I'm not, I'm not going to go into that today. Another thing we could talk about is uh, the two sort of fundamental categories of God's will. This is particularly important to understand how God could allow suffering. In theology, we call this God's active will and then his permissive will, right? God permits certain things to happen so that good can come of them, right? He permits certain evil things to happen so that good could come of them. We call this God's permissive will permissive will. I'm not going to go into either of those things today, although again they're very important for us to come to grips with that fundamental question of how can a good God allow suffering. What I do want to focus on very briefly though is simply to give you sort of two things to think about in reference to how we can cultivate in our own hearts a proper attitude towards God's will. Right, a proper attitude towards God's will. So the first thing I want to look at here is the intersection of God's will and our desires. Right? Things, that, things that we're attracted to or that we want. The intersection of God's will with our desires. And the reason I want to bring this up is because I see a lot of sort of confusion out there as I talk to people about how these things actually intersect. And, and a lot of people that I meet fall into one of two extremes, and of course, as you can probably guess, the truth, the truth is going to be in the middle, right? So, um, on one extreme, I meet a lot of people who think to themselves, I'm experiencing a strong desire for something good. Therefore, it must be God that has put this desire in my heart, because it's for something good. Right? And this is a very oversimplified understanding of, of how we come to know God's will. You might call this like sort of a, a desire-based understanding of how, how we know what God wants for us. So a lot of people will, will say like, I experience a really strong desire for marriage. So that must, be, that must mean that's my vocation. Right? God must have put this desire in my heart. Or, I experience a really strong desire to move from this job to that job. Therefore, it must be the Lord's will because this desire won't go away, it's really strong. Or I experience a really, really strong desire to take on this particular sort of apostolate or or, or, or mission or, or whatever. And because it won't go away and it's really strong, really strong desire, that must be God's will, right? What we lose, if we begin thinking in this way, is the fact that, you know, as as the saying goes, more torturous than all else is the human heart. Who can understand it? Right? The desires that come up in each of our hearts for various things are are complicated. There's a lot of influences that go into making up desires that we possess. One of the influences on our desires is our fallen human nature. Other influences on our desires are the people who speak into our life, or the circumstances of our life, or the attachments that we have to certain things in this world. There are a lot of, a lot of influences that affect what you and I experience strong desires for. It's not just sort of this simple, oh, I have a strong desire for something good, therefore it must be from God, it must be His will. It's a little more complicated than that, right? We can experience desires for things that, that are good, but are not God's will. So we can't be too quick to jump to that conclusion. On the other extreme, I also meet a lot of people who have this false understanding of God's will in conjunction with our desires, where well, they'll say to themselves, oh, like, I have this really strong desire for this good thing, therefore, God's will must be the opposite. <laughs> like, it, it can't possibly be this, this thing, because God's will is always something really difficult and hard. Right? So, so it's, it's, not, it's just not possible that my desire for this good thing is what the Lord wants. He's going to want the opposite. So like, if I have a really strong desire for marriage, that must mean God wants me to be a priest. Right. If I have a really strong desire for like religious life uh, and I think marriage is gonna be a lot harder, well, that means he's probably calling me to marriage, right? Or if I experience this really strong desire to change to this job out of the job that I'm in, God's will must be the opposite of my desire. I'm, he must want me to stay where I'm at to just kind of sludge through this sort of miserable job with all these you know difficult things, right? So that kind of ex- extreme view as well isn't nuanced enough to really get get to the heart of, of how god's will works at, at the intersection um, of our desires now there's some truth to that perspective right most people when they think to themselves oh if i, if I really desire this this thing god's will must be the opposite the, the little truth that's kind of hidden in that is they're sort of aware that because of their fallen human nature and their attachments to this world, that their desires might be awry. They might be naturally more inclined to desire the path of least resistance, for example, and that that's not always going to be God's will. Um, so there's, there's a little bit of truth buried in each of these extreme ends of the spectrum in, in understanding how our desires work with God's will. Um, we don't have time to go into how you sort of end up actually figuring out <laughs> what the Lord's will is. I just want to give this framework to all of you because those two extremes are things that I run across so frequently, um, and they simply don't take into account the, the sort of complexity of the human heart uh, and, and and how de- how desires work um, in conjunction with, with God's will. And the second simple thing that I want to leave you with today in terms of you know, all, all this is about trying to imitate Christ, who who wanted what God wants above all things. Um, another helpful distinction is the way I want to phrase it is: there's a difference between being resigned to God's will and loving God's will. A difference between being resigned to God's will and loving His will. I'll give you a very mundane example to try and paint a picture. So. Imagine if you go to, I feel like I use this example a lot, so maybe this kind of points to an area of struggle for me. (laughs) So, like, imagine you go to a, a wedding reception and there's assigned seating, and you end up being assigned to sit with people who you find fairly, I don't know, uninteresting or maybe annoying even or whatever it might be. This probably is gonna come up for many of you if it hasn't already over the holiday seasons, right? With extended family, sometimes we're just <laughs> sort of around extended family that's sort of difficult to get along with. So, but but take this white interception example. If, if I were to sit down at this table and kind of like as I'm walking to the table, I see who's there and I'm just kind of thinking to myself, oh, this is gonna be a long meal, um, but I know it's God's will that I sit at this table because this is where I'm assigned, so this is a manifestation of God's will, and I know that God's will is good, so, so I'm just gonna kinda grit my teeth and I'm gonna resign myself to, 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 to being here at this table. But, but my disposition of heart isn't one that's really full of much hope. It's, it's kind of this stale, stagnant, resignation okay, I guess if this is your will Lord like I'll I'll resign myself to it right It's better than rebelling against God's will and trying to like I don't know change tables or something <laughs> um, It's better than that but you can still tell how somebody in this situation their heart is fairly like cl- like turned off from the possibility of God bringing good things from that situation. Sort of like, I'll resign myself to your will, Lord, but I don't really believe in my heart of hearts that like joy and fruitfulness and, and other good things can come from this, the next hour of my life. I, I'm not really convinced that, that, that you can do that, Lord. So it's, it's, it's okay, like we're, we're in an okay spot. We're sort of resigned to God's, all right, if you're, it's your will, oh Lord, like I'll resign myself to it. But that's a far cry from somebody who sees God's will and gives it like a bear hug and embraces it and says like Lord if it's your will that I sit at this table for the next hour and a half I, I'm excited for that because I know that your will is always the best thing and there is always good and joy and beauty to be found when I fully embrace what you have for me so that person when they sit down at that table is going to going to be engaged in the the present moment and their surroundings in a totally different way than, than the first person. And that's what we want to go for. We want to make sure that when crosses come our way, difficult things, when God's will is manifest to us in a way that we ourselves didn't really want, that we didn't really desire, that wasn't our first choice, we have to make sure that we don't just kind of begrudgingly accept it. We have to try, with His grace, to embrace it fully, and to actually love it. Because within, within that love is buried trust that He always wants good things. This can be very... I don't, I don't want to paint this as something that's just simple, like you just make a decision and do it. This kind of purity of heart is, is, is very difficult to arrive at, particularly when the, the event in question or the cross in question is extremely painful. Right. so I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to throw this out there and, and and say, oh, you should be able to all do this tomorrow. Right, <laughs> the the purity of heart required for this is is, is immense, um, but it's it's what we have to strive for. That way, you know, just as our just as our, our Lord is, is quoted as saying in this letter to the Hebrews, you know, behold, God, i I've, I've come I've come to do Your will. And the gospel, my food is to do the will of my Heavenly Father. Not my will, but yours be done. So we can ask the Lord today for, for, for a real grace to like fully embrace His will when it's manifest to us. And, and not to struggle against it or, or to just sort of begrudgingly accept it.